Welcome to episode 71 of Beyond the Blade. I am your co-host for this show today, Chad Dedemenesis. And I'm your other co-host, Bill Shockey. And Chad, what do you say we have a little bit of end of August fun? Yeah, that'll, uh, it'll, um, it'll be exciting today. You know, it's kind of a weird topic. You know, and I, when I put the tweet out yesterday, kind of typing this one up. I kind of typed it out. People have been like, wait, what? We're going to look at next summer? Can we get through this summer first? But I promise this this will be fun. So it'll be, we'll get into the whole prospects challenge and, you know, training camp in a couple of weeks here in the next week or so. Cause you know, if you saw on Twitter, we're actually going to, um, twice a week now in season, of course. So probably around the middle of the end of September, um, early October, we'll start those two times a week podcasts. So we'll hear a lot of our voices. Uh, kind of to make up from our what our lackluster season last year, Bill. Kind of slacking a little bit, I guess you could say. Yeah, I mean, I guess I put most, if not all, the blame on the Sabers last season, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of hard to you know stick in there. But you know, we we hung in there once a week. But uh, I have a feeling things are going to turn around, at least start to turn the corner this year. So twice a week, why not? Yeah, definitely. So also, if you track down Twitter, you'll notice, and you'll find out in a second that it's not just Bill and I today. Um, so I had an interesting conversation with a couple of people on Twitter about the 2019 free agent class for next year. Um, if you don't know right now, it looks like it's a pretty heavy class. So I don't want to give too much away there. So let's, uh, let's introduce our guests here one at a time. Um, so first joining us is going to be Matt Kopnik. Did I say your last name right? Did I get it right? Yes, you did. Bam. Matt, man, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. And no problem. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. So Matt is one of my favorite people to talk to on Twitter. He's Matt, you're kind of the guy that I see like I, I want to say like you're the conscience of like Saber Twitter. Like you'll throw out like random thoughts out there and you're like, oh hey, that's a good thing, you know, so I had a conversation. But that's how well, I, I see appreciate you. that. I appreciate that's what I'm that's my goal. I want to be the level headed one. Sometimes I deviate from that, but for the most part that's that's my role. Nice. And then our fourth person today, we have a four this is kind of a round table in a way. 
Um, all the way from, I think he's in Tennessee now, Ben Matthewson. Ben, is that where you are? You're in Tennessee, or are you still upstate New York? Uh, I'm still upstate New York. I'll be in uh, Tennessee next weekend, though. I'll be moving back down there. But yeah, yeah. thank you for having me. It's uh, cool to be on this podcast. It's something I've listened to in the past, and of course, follow everything you do with uh, Dot by the Blades, so it's, uh, uh, it's an honor, I guess, to be on a show like this and get to talk about this topic with you today. I appreciate that. So... I'll, there's four of us here, so I kind of talked about it before the podcast started. I'll do my best here to kind of moderate the best I can with four of us sharing our opinions and getting our comments out there. Um, so I'll do my best here. But um, kind of where I want to start is, again, it, it's weird that we're kind of getting another year ahead of ourselves before this season even begins. Um, but I, I think it's an interesting topic, and one that's kind of this time of August in early September, something that kind of, I don't know, I guess now it's time to talk about it in a way to kind of have some fun, but... Mm-hmm. Next season, Tyler Sagan, Eric Carlson, Artemi Panarin, um, Matt Duchesne, Tyler Myers, who I just saw. Um, am I missing anybody else, guys? Spit some guys off. I'm missing anybody. Mark Stone. Yeah, Mark Stone. Mark Stone, another UFA. Um, Jordan Everly. Jordan Everly. So that's seven guys right there. And really, it's kind of impressive in a year if you get one of those guys to hit. Uh, mm-hmm. But it looks like right now it's possible, possible, unlikely, unlikely, of course. I want to get that out of the way now. You know, it's unlikely all of these guys make it to free agency next year. But at least it's it's conceivable that four or five of them could. And also, if we got Jeff Skinner from the side of the Sabres, he's another one. Mm-hmm. So, I guess. Pacioretty kind of blew up today, too. Pacioretty, I forgot about him, too. So, I mean, we keep, keep going here, keep adding them. So, I guess we'll kind of go around. You know, I'm curious. You know, Bill and I talk all the time. I'm kind of curious, maybe we'll start with Matt here, kind of your thought, I, I guess, down the road, maybe, like, what do you, do you feel, maybe we'll start with a philosophical way, do you feel the Sabres should spend the time to chase one of these guys, or do you think it's more something where, you know, they have, maybe they were rated one of the best prospect pools in the league, well, the best today, and they have three first-round picks next year, or are you more of a guy who thinks, grow your picks, or should you get in the fun next year? Well, I'm always conservative by nature but i think why we're even having this conversation is because of what toronto did i I don't think we would be talking like this if toronto didn't land Tavares. that makes the division even harder you know we have toronto we have uh, tampa boston i think florida's ahead of us so we got to jump a bunch of teams and i think that for the most part if we're going to do this i want to go for one of the big fish so that's either carlson or sagan the um, I'm I'm a fan of Mark Stone, but um, the other players kind of scare me off a little bit. I would say, right? That makes sense. And then Ben, what about you? Kind of the same way here, same thought line of thought there. Right. Yeah, I'm very similar to that. My philosophy has always been you you can overpay centers and defensemen, which makes Sagan and uh, Carlson's an interesting one because he'll be 29, I believe, when he's a free agent, and uh, unless the Sabers have like a Leafs year this coming season where you know, they're actually a solid playoff team and uh, challenge in the first round. You know, maybe it might be worth it, but I'm not sure he would fit their window properly, especially at the cost he's going to come in, whereas Sagan does because he's going to be uh, about two a year or two younger and it's a center, and uh, his production will likely last longer into his term. So, so yeah, in general, those would be the two I'd really chase. Also, Artemi Panarin, but it sounds like he's... Uh, looking for either a glamour franchise or a big city, so I'm not sure what the chances are with him. 
Right, right. And then, Bill, I mean, I kind of think I know your answer from knowing you. We're kind of the guys who <clears throat> let's, let's get on the party and dance, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, since we're all in hypothetical land right now, if you get a guy like Carlson, say Darlene, you know, has a monster rookie year, you know, top three, I mean, do you not have potentially one of the best decors in the league if that happens? I mean, I, am I <laughs> – we're eight minutes and 45 seconds in. I'm going to sound crazy already. Am I – Am I, the I think weird, it's that kind of podcast. Am I the weird person here <laughs> to say that I'm really not interested in Eric Carlson kind of at all? 29 I don't think old, it's, that ankle injury, like, I, I don't know. Right, I don't think it's weird at all, even though he is arguably the best defenseman in the league right now. I, I think he makes a lot of sense for uh, Tampa, Vegas, Dallas, whatever, <laughs> teams that are, even Nashville could potentially fit, uh, fit him, which is nuts, but... Teams that are like going to win in the next two or three years, I think it makes a lot of sense for them. I think he's just out, given the age, I think he's just outside of Buffalo's window, which is kind of crazy when you're talking about arguably the best defenseman in the world. So I don't think you're crazy at all. See, I think that with Carlson, everything is based on this year. How healthy is he? Right. And even if he plays really well, I don't think his price is going to balloon that much. He's going to be around probably 11 per, right? Because that's what Dowdy right. had. Yeah. So yes. maybe he maxes out at twelve because we have to, you know, there's cap inflation involved here. So that's where I think it's going to be re- around regardless. So if I see him playing and he's healthy, that would make me, you know, think it's not crazy to put him in here. Plus, I feel that defensemen age better than forwards, mm-hmm. and the way that he can skate. I mean, he's like one of the best skating defensemen we've seen in forever. It seems so. Even if he loses a step. I feel he would still be a really effective player, especially because we have Darlene, too. So he doesn't mm-hmm. have to, like, carry as much weight as he did in Ottawa. Billy, I mean, you're, he's your fantasy guy. What do you... <laughs> what's your th- yeah, I mean, I mean that, that's kind of spot on with what I was thinking. I mean, if you get a guy like him and then you have Darlene, too, who's, I mean, just at the beginning and the potential that he can be, if in a, you know, a, a playoff game or a playoff series where you really need to to basically play your best guys. Imagine just throwing Carlson out and then Dali. Mm-hmm. Like, how is the team going to stop that? Uh, I mean, I think that would just be a luxury that uh, does any team really have that? I mean, maybe a couple, right. but uh, I, I, it's funny you bring up the fantasy thing because uh, keepers are coming up soon and I'm just begging that he either gets traded or something happens because <laughs> I'm not sure even what to do with him at this point. Yeah, he's, and again, and he, I'm not going to lie, he's a really good hockey player. Like you said, he's one of the best defensemen in the league. It's just, I don't know, his, his age is 29. And the ankle injury just, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's, that's a scary thing. That is. The ankle is. makes me nervous. Yeah, and, and like you said, you know, I, I think it was Ben who said it, you know, it makes, or even maybe Matt, I forgot who said it, but it, it makes sense for a Tampa Bay or mm-hmm. a Dallas or a Vegas. The team was trying to win right now, but from a Sabres perspective, I, mean, I don't even think it's even logical for that to happen. I mean, but crazy things have had, had happened, but I, I just don't think it makes a lot of, especially when you have Darlene. I mean, because then you, have, you kind of have two of them, and you're going to have to probably play Darlene a lot of money in a couple of years, and we'll kind of maybe get to the cap here down the road a little bit to talk about more guys, but... Well, it's an interesting, I, I think it's on. an interesting question, too. Can you... I, I think there's an argument, I think the Leafs are about to prove that you can have two double-digit centers. Can you have two double-digit defensemen uh, as far point. as cap hit? I don't see why That's not. That's a really good point. I mean, Chicago yeah. did it with, I mean, they're not both centers, but Chicago's done it with Kane and Taves. 
Um, right, but I so like I think it makes sense for forwards because there's 12 of them, and so if you've got two of them taking up right, whatever, yeah. it's 30% of the cap. Yeah. But can you have two of your six defensemen taking up the much? Like I don't know, I don't know the answer to that. I think it'll be it'd be an interesting thing to look into. Yeah, it, is it really just about the injury that scares you guys? Because I'm thinking when I think of Carlson, I also think of like Scott Niedermeyer, who played till he was like 40 and was awesome. So is it really just the in- injury that scares you guys off? That's true. It probably, yeah, it probably is the injury because you're right. As far as his style of play, he's not, you know, roughing it in the corners, and he's, right. it's just that freak injury. I guess you, the same thing could be said about Eichel, who's had two of them now. So I don't know. If, I guess you're right. I think that's a good point. I, I mean, for me, I think it is the injury, even for all of us. I think it's just the because if you take away the injury and you think about what Carlson did a couple of years ago to basically carry Ottawa, you know, as far as they went, it, it's just. I think if an injury didn't happen, I think all, all of us are just, if you can make that happen, you need to make that happen because right. then you don't have to worry about any defenseman. You just have to worry about your bottom six, you know, show up Eichel's wingers and go. And now right. you're a perennial playoff contender. I guess I might be being a little over-optimistic with this hypothetical, but if we really think about it, would it be crazy to think if, Carl, if Carlson plays at his level and Darlene is what he is, you could have a, like a playoff series where you would have one of them on the ice for almost the entire game. Right. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. And then, you know, you're brought up paying two defensemen that much money. The thing that could be different about if you have two players like that is how much they can bring offensively. So maybe it's the kind of mm-hmm. question where it's, you know, sure. do you want to pay two defensemen that much money? Well, maybe I don't want to pay two Shea Weber's that much money, but. Um, maybe it's a bad example, but I'm I'm trying to give it more defensive. No, I think no, I think it's a good. Def- I think that is yeah. a good example. So, actually. I think that's a great point. Yeah. Or do you want to pay to a Darlene and a Carlson? Because that because that's yeah, not only defense; they bring you offense too on, on the power play, and they pre- they you know move the puck up the ice. They, I guess, generate offense for you. So it's kind of you kind of get both. So I guess, I guess I'm kind of answering this question in a way is yeah, I think you could if you pay the right two guys that help mm-hmm. you all over the ice, not just in one area. And not even in the playoffs, but regular season. Could you imagine throwing out that overtime three on three? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. That, that would. It <laughs> would be fun. Um, jumping to the forwards here, another guy I kind of want to get into because I want to kind of save Sagan. So I think that's going to be a good conversation here. Another guy I want to jump into. Um, to, I'm kind of curious your thoughts because is Matt Duchesne because I, I was that guy who said I would give up anything to get Matt Duchesne a year and a half, two years ago. And now I'm that guy who really doesn't want anything to do with Matt Duchesne. And I, I don't really know what it is. It's one, I think it's going to cost too much money for kind of what he gives you. Um, I, I think basing his, what happened in Ottawa on him isn't fair to him. I think that's really not his fault. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I'm curious kind of what you guys think. Cause like I said, I, I was somebody who was really high on Duchesne and now it just—I don't know what it is. I really can't put my finger on it. Maybe, maybe it's just knowing how much it'll cost him. But I guess maybe, maybe we'll go the other way here. We'll start with Bill. Kind of what you're—if you're still high—I know you were high on Duchesne too, Bill. So are you still kind of high on him, or not so much? <sighs> yeah, I mean it's tough. It's—I think it's tough to a player of that caliber. I mean the teams that he's been on. It's—it's it's very hard to project what he's going to do on a team that potentially is good or is going to be good. Um, I mean, he's put up over 60, what, twice? And then, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I think I think Duchesne is a tough one for me because, like you said, in the past, I was so high on him, and then he's kind of, I mean, no one really followed Colorado the last couple of years when they've been really bad, 
and then he moves to Ottawa because he wants to go to a you know a team that's going to make the playoffs <laughs> and not look yeah. at Ottawa. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. I, I think Duchesne is just he's one of those really tough ones to gauge. I mean, yes, you've got your highlight reel goals. I mean, the guy can obviously play, but like you said, I think it really comes down to how much are you paying and how much are you going to get. I mean, maybe if you're putting him, you know, with Michael or, or he's a center too, though. So I, I, Duchesne's tough for me. Man, what about you? Well, if you want to make the argument against him based on hockey, that's fine with me. But I think there's a narrative that's starting about Duchesne that he's a locker room cancer just because he wanted to leave Colorado because, I mean, they were horrible last year. I mean, two years ago. And then he goes to Ottawa, and now Ottawa's a complete tire fire. I think that um, it's tough. We're probably thinking, what, eight per? Seven mm-hmm. years, eight per? I think he gets more than Kane, so yeah. Eight, yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to say no. The only thing that gives me pause is the fact that he's a really good skater, so I think that he would be effective longer into his 30s than someone like Stone, let's say. All right, Ben, wrap us out on Duchesne. Well, so the argument for me, I, I, I would be against it. I think, like you said, he's kind of topped out around 60 points, which is what O'Reilly had been doing on an even worse team, arguably, than Ottawa. And who uh, O'Reilly was better defensively. So he was more of a complete package. And Duchesne's going to cost more, and he's going to go into, like I think it's like age 34 was when the contract would end, whereas O'Reilly was going to be done at 31 years old, so you'd get the uh, most of his prime. So... I don't see the value in paying a guy that's a lesser O'Reilly more money into his later age, into an older age after you just traded O'Reilly. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I'm with that. Um, one other guy I want to get to before he gets to say, I know we said we're going to do a second next, but I lied. Um, I kind of want to see if you guys are on the same page as me. Uh, I, mean, I think it was Ben who kind of said it with naming Panarin as maybe the top target here. We're kind of all in agreement. If he would come to Buffalo, he should be, if we're going to target one of these players, he should be the one even over Sagan. He's the rare winger that I say would be worth slight overpayment for. Uh, there might be two or three. I mean, like Patrick Kane in his prime was it was like the other one. Like it's pretty rare for for me to be interested in a winger the way I am would I would be in Panarin at the cost it's going to take. So yes, maybe maybe not more than Sagan, but I think he'd be worth the double digit money. Matt, what about you? I'm Sagan's number one for me. It's just because Sagan gives you position flexibility where we know what right. Panarin's going to pay. So I, I still, for me, I, I love Panarin. If, if he was interested in coming here, it's definitely something that we should think about. But uh, Sagan's still number one for me. Bill? I'm kind of going to be a pair here. But uh, pretty much the same thing. I mean, Sagan's number one. If, if you can have any shot at him, you should be going all in there. Uh, Panarin's a nice... To think about, it's a nice to have, but I think even in fantasy world, I mean, you even see him already working out down in Tampa. He's just—I don't think there's any way he's coming here. Right. Fair enough. All right, so I'm going to play. So I guess we're all, we're all super interested in Sagan. So we're going to go there now, and I'm going to kind of play devil's advocate guy here, and you guys can kind of throw punches back at me. So Sagan is naturally a center. He can play wing. Uh, Jack Eichel still here. Casey Middlestad is arguably as of now your second line center. Uh, Berglund's still here for at least the next four years. And you have Rasmus Asplund coming. If you're going to bring Sagan here, I'd probably have to pay him around $11, $11.5 million. Mm-hmm. If he moves to wing, are you okay paying him $11 million? But if he's a center, then how are you fitting all these centers in? If you have arguably three, four, three centers, not three centers, 
are all pretty offensive-minded. So anybody wants to jump in first, feel free. I absolutely would pay him the money playing wing. For me, I, I know the position, the center position is like more highly coveted, but at the end of the day, it's about scoring goals. He scores goals. Mm-hmm. so And that's something that we don't do. So <laughs> I really don't care where he plays as long as he's scoring goals. And also, having too many centers is like a hell of a problem to have, right? right. So I, I think, you know, no, if, if he was just a, uh, a wing, I'd be fine paying him 11. And actually, I, I want to ask a question about what you guys think about what his cap hit will be. Because we're talking 11 because of Tavares. But wasn't there a rumor that San Jose was willing to play 13 for Tavares? Right. Yep. yep. So there's that sort of money is out there. Do you guys have like an upper limit that you would pay for Sagan? <sighs> I got hmm. to think about it. <laughs> I think, I mean, upper limit, I mean, any more than 12 and a half as much, and I would, I would be nervous about 12 and a half. I went with 12. Yeah, yeah that, that was like around 12. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 de- it depends what your usage is. If, if I'm signing him, if I'm signing him to be a winger, I'm gonna try to do my best to talk him in eleven and a half and sell your close to Toronto and sell this and sell that, and hopefully that works for me. If he's gonna play center, maybe I can kind of understand twelve, twelve and a half. But I, I don't know. I, I I would. It's it's tough, you know. And it, again, it gets into the. I mean, the Sabers have fifty million dollars right now in cap space in two years, so. Ideally, right now the cap is not to look not that big of an issue at the current moment, but it could mm-hmm. be down the road. We start got to paying all these players like Darlene and Middlestad, and um, if Gooley's good, you know, we've kind of talked about that too on Twitter. So it's I, it's tough to say. I mean, he's he's such I mean, a talented player, I guess, which which kind of makes it hard to like. I don't know what's what's the difference between eleven I, and twelve. If you want well, twelve to get here, just get him twelve and whatever. Let's move on. Well, right, exactly. I think it's okay to pay overpay centers, especially if his caliber. And another thing to remember is that Seattle's coming in the league in two years or so, and Vegas just bumped the uh, salary cup salary cap up themselves almost five million. Right. I think it's safe to assume that Seattle will do something similar, plus the regular yearly inflation as is, plus Bogosian, Molson, and Pominville off the books in the next two years. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of hate to say this because don't be wrong. I like middle, I love Middlestad, but and I think he has very high potential. But if you can get a guy like Tyler Sagan, I think everybody else figures out around Tyler Sagan. Right. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to pay him twelve million to play center, you put him at center, and then you figure out everyone else around him. I mean, you could arguably move Middlestad to wing, then, right? I mean, there's we're, right. we're talking about moving Sagan to wing. Why can't you move Middlestad to wing? You know, exactly. Yeah. And honestly, I kind of I'm. <laughs> Well, we're on Middlestad, I'm kind of, I don't know about you guys, I'm personally kind of surprised they started him at center right away. I don't think it's a bad thing. I thought they'd kind of bring him in here and at least get him on the wing to get comfortable, and they kind of went right for the center things. I mean, it worked, I guess it kind of worked for six games, or five games, you don't really know for sure, but um, I don't know, if that's just on Middlestad for me, I was kind of surprised. But yeah, I mean, like you said, Bill, it, it makes sense. You know, with a guy with that talent, um, you, you kind of make it work. But again, the only thing that scares me is... I guess for me that I, I would have to feel comfortable with it if he's playing center. I feel like I have to get him to play center. Just right. I, I'd be happy they sign him as a player to play in this team if he did a playing wing, but then like a year into it, I'd be like, well, I don't know, I'm paying this top-line winger $12 million when, I, I don't know. That's that's me personally. I feel like if I, they go after him and if they get him, he has to be a center and then everything else kind of works around that. Yeah, but I think this production 
I don't know that. I mean, maybe down the road, but I don't think a year into it, you're going to be disappointed at what you're paying. Right? It's not because I'm disappointed in paying him. I guess it's disappointed that I'm paying a winger that much money. I guess like, I don't think I'll ever be disappointed in his production, what he'll give you. Uh, it's just I guess it, it's the cap allocation to that position. Where you know, it really, I mean, I don't want to say you can find wingers on trees, but I feel like they're easier to get than centers. And I'm going to go pay one twelve million dollars when he can just play center is good. And I can maybe move, like you, like we said, Middlestad or somebody else who is a center over the wing. You know mm-hmm. that, that that could work out too. So that's. I don't well, know. is it that you don't want to pay your third line center a lot? Like, let's really right. think about this. Because if Eichel's the first line center, you got him at ten. You got Sagan at twelve. I have Middlestad at seven, seven point five. If he really has a great entry mm-hmm. level, so and that's with the max term. Yep. So, are you okay with paying Middlestad then at at like third line center seven to seven point five? I don't think I have a problem with it because in two or three years, is that going to be the norm for a good third line center? The way the cap's going up and the way this league is going, so that that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. Is well, the other thing is, is if, if you make a big splash like this, then it becomes well, what supposedly is going to be Bottle's wheelhouse is you need to do the Chicago model and you need to hit. Those right. first three round draft picks become very important because you need to hit because you need those kids on entry level deals as you're paying these guys big money so that you can have your, you know, Shiri's and, and Kunakles come up uh, when you're paying Crosby, Malkin, and Kessel all this money mm-hmm. because then they can fill into those, you know, you know, second line and bottom six roles and then you don't have to worry about it. No, yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah, totally agree. I think you hit the nail on the head there, and that's kind of. You know, the prospect pool here, you know, it, everybody kind of talks about the high guys, you know, Darlene and Middlestat, um, and we, we're pretty confident those are going to hit. The guys that are mm-hmm. really relevant to this team going forward that are arguably more important are your Aspen, your Davidson, your, you know, Laxanen, who's kind of progressing pretty well. You know, Borgen, is he going to keep producing? Is T.J. Smith going to kind of jump up to the next level? Is Daniel Regan going to be something? Is Victor Olsen's mm-hmm. shot going to translate to the NHL? It's... You kind of need those guys, and you know, even Tage Thompson is he going to turn into something, you know, from the O'Reilly deal? So I, I think it's something that kind of gets lost, and it, it, it's and it's relevant to this conversation because, like you said, Bill, it's you want to go big game hunting, that's fine, but if you're going to donate so much of your cap to arguably four players in Darlene, Eichel, Middlestat, and Sagan, and we're not even talking one. about. Risto Einan yet, if he's going to be here or not part of that, so you, yeah, mm-hmm. you better have one hell of a prospect hell of a pool a whole bunch of kids <laughs> that are pretty good and so that could stop in for you. Right, and one thing to consider, though, is if you did somehow have a, a one two three center punch of Eichel, Sagan, and Middlestat, and Middlestat is what we're hoping he's going to be, it would be the same quote-unquote problem that Toronto's kind of talking about now, where they've got Matthew Tavares, Kadri down the middle. You can They can theoretically just roll those three centers they can each play around 20 minutes a game, and the fourth line center goes out for penalty kill and, you know, a shift a period. So if you've got a player like Asplund or whatever that we're hoping is going to be good, he could either be the fourth line center or he becomes one of your wingers that just rotates through with those three centers because you're just so stacked down the middle. You know, I think if you've got that level of talent, I think you make it work around him. The thing that I'm going to kind of. I just thought about too that I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna throw out here to you guys is if you even include Reinhardt into this conversation, he does have a contract, yeah, we don't know what's gonna be. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it seems like it might, it's going to be a short-term contract, but we'll see. Um, you know, is it, are you, I guess, allocating too much of a salary cap to your forwards then? If you're paying mm-hmm. Eichel, Dalene, or not, I'm sorry, Eichel, Sagan, Middlestat, Reinhardt, um, let's see, let's Skinner. see Tage Tom- Skinner, if Skinner sticks around, let's see if Tage Thompson kind of turns into something. And then you just, what, you're just going to have Dalene back there and, I guess Gooley right. too, and Rissalainen maybe is out of the picture at that point. Is I guess well, the question I'm asking is: you donating too much to your forwards? Well, I actually I projected like the forwards, so I have Eichel, Reinhardt, Skinner, Middlestat, and Sagan, and I projected their contracts, and I have them totaling forty two point five million dollars to pay for them. I did the same for Toronto. So Tavares, Matthews, Nylander, Marner, and Kadri, they come at uh, forty two million dollars. So if they're making it work, why would we be apprehensive? The only thing I can think of is Darlene makes us apprehensive. because have $11 have million defenseman eventually yeah. down the road you have to pay. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, those are the tough decisions eventually that you have to make. Mm-hmm. There might be some good players. Say Tage Thompson does turn out to be something, but that might be a guy that eventually you just got to let go and he's looking for too much or you trade. And then that's where your you know draft picks fill in underneath, right? Well, and that's one of the reasons too. I want them to sign Reinhardt long term to like yep. I don't know what like a five million six million dollar deal because uh, if they get to that point where they're in a cap crunch and he's making five and a half million, he's going to be, be twenty five. Nice. Right, he's going to be like twenty six years old, right in the heart or towards the end of his prime, but still a really good player on a good contract that's going to be tradable for good young assets that can hopefully replace. Uh, be on the wing on uh, ELC deals in that case. Whereas yeah. if you wait, I mean, we can get the contract stuff interesting, but nevertheless, no, I, I mean, I just to play, de- go ahead, man. Um, just to play uh, devil's advocate with Ben. Cause I agree with Ben. It has to be, a, I really want a long-term deal and I could probably complain about that all night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, let's just say where it's, it's trending towards a bridge deal. So maybe it's a three year deal, which is going to run parallel with Darlene that allows them to make a decision on Reinhardt. You know, do we wanna do we wanna go forward with him or don't we? And if they decide that they don't, that's gonna give you some cap flexibility in the future that you wouldn't have if you lock all these guys up for long term deals. I just and I, I know you feel the same way, but I just hate betting against Reinhardt, especially if he's playing on Michael's wing. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, if, 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 if if he has a really good next three years and he is on Michael's wing, I just don't know how you're giving that up. And just say, nope, sorry, Eichel. we got to ship him out because we can't afford it. Right. Well, does Jeff Skinner take, does Jeff Skinner step in and alleviate that something for you if, if he signs and stays? Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still sort of banking on him staying as long as it goes well with Eichel or Middlestead, whoever he plays with. Um, I don't know. I don't see why we can't have both, especially if we can get Reinhardt long-term now. If Reinhardt goes short-term, then yeah, I think... It'll be much more difficult if Skinner's on the books at what he's. We're probably expecting him to make as well. So I don't know. They're going to have to really hit on those first round picks to replace him. If that's the case, what do you guys think about Skinner? Because he's going to kind of in a little bit of a unique situation where he's going to be a UFA at twenty seven, which isn't super young, but it's it's a little bit younger than usual. Do you think that you could overpay because we have the cap flexibility now? and get him for three years, let's say. And then he'd be thinking, well, I'll come out at 30, 
JVR just came out at 29. He's making seven per for five years. I'll still make money. And it gives us the cap flexibility, and we get to keep Reinhardt long-term. No, with skin cost in history, I don't think so. No, I think he's trying to cash in max he can right now. Right, yeah. I would If he would be willing to sign a three- or four-year deal, I think 100%, but I, I think he's going to look at what uh, Vander Kane just did and be like, I want that plus a million. For <laughs> Yeah, that's tough, right? Yeah. Especially if he puts up the season we're hoping he does with Eichel, you know, it's going to be... Which I think he might be... He's gonna be. It's gonna be close, but I think he would be close to worth it. But I have to think about it for a little bit before they actually sign him. Because I think the main question is: it's not if we can sign Sagan. It says, can we sign Sagan and can we sign Skinner? Mm. Because uh, Ben, you had the article about Tavares, and you were like, we can definitely sign him. Mm-hmm. What changed was within your article, you said that they would ship out. O'Reilly, and I think you'd probably assume that that would give you cap flexibility in doing so. What changed in this scenario right now is bringing in Skinner. There goes that seven million that went out the door with O'Reilly. So, do you feel that we could still do right. the Sagan deal, even though we we don't have that flexibility with you know the seven million dollars still staying on the books? No, I think that's a really good question. That does make it a lot tougher. And you're right. When I did that, the idea was that O'Reilly's money was kind of getting shipped out. In fact, as we saw, he got traded. They actually took on more money from with the guys they got from the Blues. Um, that certainly does make it more difficult. If it came down to a decision between Sagan and Skinner, you go Sagan because of the flexibility in the position. But if they do, like, if midseason they extend Skinner, I think the likelihood of them getting someone like Sagan kind of goes out the door. Unless they think they can trade Reinhardt for pieces to free up the space he would take but that's i mean that's a lot of armchair gming at that point it's it's tough you know i'm trying to think this through <laughs> part of me is like well why can't you move wrist line and i'm like well wait a minute then i who moves to play defense for me like i need i need defensemen still too so it's mm-hmm. it, it's tough you know it, it's really and, and maybe you know i mean bottle drafted 400 defensemen you know the draft so maybe his plan <laughs> is to have these guys come up and you know, Borgen's kind of close. Maybe Lawrence Pilot turns into something and he can kind of step in and then maybe it's not that big of a deal to lose a guy like Ristolainen next offseason perhaps if you want to go chase a forward and kind of free up some cap space. It, it, it depends, I guess, how you want to build your team. You want to build your team from the forwards out and I kind of feel like maybe that's a model that kind of what Pittsburgh did. I mean, Pittsburgh's best defenseman was Chris Letang, who's pretty good, and then next best was Ole Mata and beyond that was... I don't know who when they won a Stanley Cups, you know, is he, and then you have a solid goaltender. So is that maybe the model is kind of trying to replicate if he's going to build from the forwards out? I mean, he never had the lean in Pittsburgh. So let's say that. So he's already had right. with that model. I mean, that's what I would advocate for. I think if you've got the better forwards, you're more likely to have the puck on your stick for the majority of the game, which in and of itself is a defensive advantage. Uh, I mean, the Leafs have been doing it without Tavares the last couple of years where they're just kind of just outscoring their opponents. And they have a poor, as, as poor a defense as Buffalo, and they don't have Darlene now. Right. You know, uh, so if I were to pick one, I'd want them to build from the forwards out, especially since they've got the lottery ticket and Darlene to back them up. So are there any other, before we get into the fun time of the podcast, uh, I don't want to keep anybody out. Is there anybody, any other players that anyone wanted to bring up to discuss before we move on? Uh, Mark Stone is interesting. I think he's going to get way overpaid. 
uh, for what they can afford. I mean, if we're going to struggle to pay Skinner, Stone's already making 7.3, but he's going to be an interesting case. I've always had a soft spot for Jordan Eberle. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he's interesting. Stone is... Stone's tough, like you said. He's kind of a guy that... I maybe looking at his numbers and kind of doing a little bit of a deeper look at him this summer, I didn't realize how good his numbers indicate that he is. Mm-hmm. Um... He had a really good year last year, which is, but maybe you can kind of say that's maybe the anomaly year, and let's see if he backs it up this year. Um, mm-hmm. Does it again? He, and but he could be with a worse team, so maybe you take that into effect too. I don't know. It's tough. It, it's hard. You know, Stone is definitely interesting. Um, I, I know we talked about Tyler Myers, but I don't think that's a possibility. But that would be kind of funny if that <laughs> happened. Um, I don't. I don't hate the idea of Myers if he is willing to go short-term and not crazy money, but I, I, don't, I, I don't even have a way to project what kind of money he could be getting. <laughs> Me neither. I, well, I think the fact that we don't have a lot of right shots right now, that it makes Myers a little bit more attractive than people would think. Because as it stands right now, if you try to build the defense pairings by handedness, which is generally what they've been doing, like who is playing on the right side? Uh, so you, you have... Uh, Ristolainen, you have Bogosian. We we're putting Casey Nelson. Yeah, probably third pairing. Yeah. yeah. And, and how does that go forward? I mean, we have Borgen, right? He's a right-handed shot. Mm-hmm. Do we think he's going to be ready to jump into that role next year? I mean, I don't know a lot about him. And isn't Dalene a lefty who likes to play the right side too? Yeah, yeah that's true. But they're going to start him at the left, I believe. Right. I don't know. That's a good. Point. That's a good point. And they. I don't know. I, I, I honestly have no idea what they're going to do with their defense. I have no idea how they're mm-hmm. going to make that work. I mean, Bolu is still here. What if Pilot looks really good in training camp and you kind of can't send him into Rochester? And yeah, I think there's I think there's a decent chance that he uh, stands out more than we're expecting. Uh, he's older than most of, the, most of the young players, obviously, and he was the best defenseman in Sweden last year. Um, I was super impressed with him in the three-on-three tournament. I know it's not perfect uh, place to judge, but uh, I think he's got a legit shot of making the team. Yeah. I mean, if that's the case, I don't know how all these D are still around. <laughs> right. I think there's a, move, there's so there's a move here somewhere. Or you're going to wait <laughs> some people and just send them right. to Rochester, and if they get picked up, they get, like, Nathan I can see McCabe getting traded. McCabe, yeah, McCabe. I had McCabe is, in trade all he, summer. I'm kind of surprised he's still here. He just feels like the odd man out. But the thing is, then you hear Botterill a couple weeks ago on the Skinner call specifically point out McCabe and Bogosian, the two guys looking forward to watching training camp. So it's like, I don't know. But there's that on top of him mentioning Sam Reinhardt playing center every chance that he gets. So the two things are frustrating (laughs) the most about it. Which I'm I'm actually kind of in favor of, but I guess it's for another podcast. Oh, really? Let's not get that. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you. We'll see you next week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna make my head explode here in a second. <laughs> All right, so if you guys are ready, let's kind of have some fun here. So we'll move past the free agency stuff. We have about yeah, five to ten minutes left. I thought of a brilliant idea when I was talking to the noted jerk Joe Yernan on Twitter about cool player names. I'm like, hey, why don't we have a player spelling bee? And a lot of people responded, "That's a genius idea." So that's what we're going to do. So I have 13 or 14 names here of players. We'll go around the room, and how we'll kind of do it is if you're out, then I guess you're out, and the last man standing is the winner. 
Um, I have 14 here. Bill has five for me, so I can participate too because he insisted that I participate as well. Um, <laughs> so I will ask the first player, is there a volunteer who wants to go first? I want to sure. go last. Okay. <laughs> so who said sure? Who wants to go first? Uh, I'll do it, Ben. All right. All right, Ben. Let's see how how want to get into this here with you. So let's go with this player. Uh, and this is last name. Let me ask for the last name only, by the way. So it's last name only. Um, St. Louis Blues defenseman Alex Petrangelo. Ooh, ooh, that's a good one. Uh, P i e t e r a n g e l o. Well, mm-hmm. did you right? That Ben is out early. Alex Petrangelo. P i e t r a n g e l o. You had one extra e in there. Right, you're an extra e in there. God. That, was a, that was a tough one. Ben is out. All right, Bill. All right, Bill, Mr. Mr. Trash Talker. You're going to be up next year. We're going to start throwing some people out pretty quick here. <laughs> yeah. uh, up next for you is a guy that I'm in favor of for the Detroit Red Wings that I advocated for, Andreas uh, Antonacci. Oh, God. <laughs> that is hard one. That is really hard. Is this round one or round ten? Come on, man. We don't have a lot of time here. I'm trying to get people out. Uh, I'm going to flame out hard. A-N-T-H. Oh boy! Just stop. You're wrong already. Yep. A T H A N A S I O U. Andreas Athanasiu. Athanasiu. Got it. You're right. All right. Um, Matt, you're up. All right. Who do I want to go here? How about Anders Lee? Uh, no. <laughs> um. I'm trying to get a good one here. You know what? Let's go New York Rangers forward, Pavel Buchnevich. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) B-U-C-H-N-E-V-I-C-H. Look at that. Our first correct answer. Wow. Wow. Well done, Matt. Well done. Oh, thanks. Thanks. All right, Bill. All right, Bill. Well, I have five names, and you've been pretty mean right off the bat, so <laughs> three of them are out right away. Uh, I'm going to go with Timothy Lilligren. Oh, man. I should know I've spelled this name so many times during the draft process. Uh, Lilligren. L I L J G R E N. You forgot me. L I L J E G R E N. So that's it. So like, <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect that at all. Yes, I was really afraid of this segment. I was gonna have my wife stand in for me. So Pavel Buchnevich is yeah, the I think that was the easiest one though. Yeah, I mean I kinda wanted to I mean I, I could have gave you Jonathan Marshall, I was staring at him, but I decided not to. Oh, well, you're a good man not doing that. <laughs> so I had, so Bill, so you know for next time, some guys on my list, though. I have Elias Pedersen on here, Miro Heiskinen, Jay Bomeister, Oli Mata, Huberdo, Strawman, Vasilevsky, Yorkstrand, and Jonathan Marcheseau. See, it's funny because I was going to start you off with like a, you know, middle stat or something that's a little <laughs> funky. Maybe a Nico Heischer, and then I was going to get all the way to like Bufflin after that, but... <laughs> You just went right for the throat off the off the bat. Well, like I said, we didn't have a lot of time here, so I was I was kind of trying to get people out pretty early. We still have fun <laughs> doing it though, right? 
Oh yeah, definitely. All right, so I guess we got to kind of rely. I kind of I think that conversation on the free agency kind of went farther and better than I kind of thought it would in my head, and I think better than Bill thought it would because Bill thought it was crazy for doing this. Um, <laughs> so I think it was a good time, and the spelling bee kind of worked out pretty well. You know, I'm kind of bummed that Matt won in round one, so that's kind of unfortunate. <laughs> um, but still, it was fun. Um, so I really appreciate you guys coming on. You, I guess we'll start with Ben or Matt. Um, ben, I know you have a blog, so I'm going to kind of give you the floor here to kind of pump yourself up here. People can find you, read your stuff, and kind of what you do. So go ahead. The floor is yours. Yeah, the easiest way to kind of just keep up with me is uh, follow me on Twitter. It's at Ben underscore Mathewson, uh, M-A-T-H-E-W-S-O-N. Um, and then my blog is it's called thescreen.co.com. wasn't available. Um, I'm going to try to do write. I'm going to try to be writing a lot more this year, especially with the GIF uh, work I've been doing. And uh, you guys mentioned kind of, uh, I think before we started recording, that you had intended to record a lot more, record your podcast a lot more last season. I intended to write a lot more and do a podcast uh, with a buddy of mine last season, and the Sabres kind of killed uh, <laughs> any excitement to do that. So I, I totally understand that there. So as long as the Sabres don't immediately uh, fall into the basement of the league at the start of the year, I intend to keep up with that. And... Uh, one of the big things I'm working on is, if you've already been following me, uh, I do a lot of the GIF replays during games on Twitter. I've started a database that's going to actually keep track of uh, everything I capture. It'll make it searchable by game and player, and uh, whether it was a goal or a pass or a hit or whatever like that. So it should make finding them uh, a lot more simple for everyone instead of having to go through timelines to find them. So other than that, that's basically it for me. I like that. Pretty useful tool. I'm going to be coming mm-hmm. home for a lot here when I do my stuff, so it's good, it's good to know. Uh, Matt, you're up next. I, I know you probably don't have a GIF library to uh, <laughs> no, share I do with people. Not. <laughs> but if people <laughs> want to follow the, uh, the conscience of Buffalo Sabres Twitter, how would they do that? They can follow me at, at Matt Kopnak. That's uh, M-A-T-T-K-O-P-N-A-K. Yeah, I don't got any cool stuff like Ben, but, uh, <laughs> you know. I do my best and uh, try to be level-headed and uh, have a lot of give and take with people on there. So, uh, yeah, give me a follow. And I'll, I'll, I'll jump on what Chad said at the start where it's true. Like, I love when Matt puts out just a random thought because it often does start interesting conversations uh, regarding the Sabres on Twitter, which was especially nice during the, this long summer. So, yeah, I, I uh, second that you should definitely follow him because it's always interesting. And it, it's, fun, it's funny because I feel... Like, if I put out a thought and I get all this hate for it, if Ben says that I'm not crazy, then I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm not crazy. So I appreciate it, Ben. <laughs> no problem. That's good. Well, Bill and I, you kind of know where to find us. Um, at BTV Hockey uh, is the podcast, you know, at Die by the Blade, um, you know, where you can find our podcast as well. Also, a lot of Sabres talk and excellent writing crew there. So you can find your Sabres content there. Uh, I'm at CM Dedemonesis, where you can find my craziness throughout the hockey season, so that should be fun. Um, Bill is the man behind the scene um, running the Beyond the Blade account. That's kind of where he does most of his stuff, so if you want to hit him, um, I would suggest there. Or What is your regular Twitter, at Bill Saki? Is that what it is, right? Yeah, but I'm honestly just, I use the BTB account. Okay, well, there, there's that. So, um... Thank you for listening. Um, like I said in the beginning here, you know we're going to be kind of 
at the very least now um, I will be at development camp covering that next week. And then I will also be at the first few practices of training camp the following week. So you'll get a lot of stuff from me. Um, and also we'll be, at the very least for now, back to doing this weekly that we're kind of in the flow of hockey here. Um, and then once the season starts, you know, we'll get into our twice a week um, with our, at least once a week we're going to have a guest on. So we'll kind of plan how that goes with the season, with the latest talkers around the league. Um, and based on this topic, you know, we'll be, watching kind of how the free agents projected to go next year. So that'll be something we'll keep an eye on, probably have some guests on about that. So, for Chad, for Bill, for Matt and Ben, thanks for listening to our quirky view at next offseason already. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I appreciate you guys coming on, and I think we'll definitely do this again because, you know, it was a good conversation. So thanks, guys. I appreciate it. No, thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks, guys. Alrighty, so that is it for this week. Bill and I will talk to you soon. Make sure you follow Ben and Matt on Twitter. And we'll stick with our NWO theme here we kind of have going on for the season. Let them play you out. So for Chad and Bill, we're out of here. See ya.